until we got to where we're at now. And we've continually had to kind of, we've not had some huge downsizing. We've had some like, you know, pretty kind of gradual downsizing over the years. Yeah. And I, it wasn't until we had lived here for a couple of years that I realized how much I love living in a small space. And, you know, I think you have to really make the space work for you. Like that's the most important thing is actually like designing the inside of your space uh, for you and how you live your life. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knabel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio. Hello, hello. Back in your ears. We're very excited to be here for another week of kind of at least podcast normalcy. Yeah, like real time. Yeah. Real time (laughs) podcast normalcy. Um, And as we kind of move into how we're switching things up here on the podcast and, you know, bringing content that's like near and dear to our hearts and very current is that we're only recording either a week or two weeks in advance, whereas before it was like up to a month. And so we're able to kind of keep on things as as life and business and you COVID and close to real time. <laughs> yeah, all the things are moving, and so that's been a really fun workflow for us. I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Me yeah. too. Me too. So, me too. Well, tell me, like, what's up? <laughs> um, what is not up? I, <laughs> you know, we have been spending a ton of time with Josh's family over the last several days, which has been really lovely. Mm. And for those of you who maybe don't know the backstory, basically, ever since all of this went down and the pandemic began in March, we have been only uh, at a distance seeing Josh's family. And mm. so this is my mother-in-law, my father-in-law my brother-in-law his girlfriend their kids like I mean it's Mm. it's a lot and um my son is very close to his cousin and so they Mm. haven't been able to have any physical contact at the effort of protecting my mom who is Mm -hmm. our primary child care provider she is I mean the love of my life honestly (laughs) and Mm. so it's been really hard and very hard on Josh specifically. I mean, I think this is, it's not easy on me and it's definitely not easy on Graham. It's probably the hardest on him, but it's also really hard on Josh because I mean, can you imagine as an Enneagram nine, just like the conflict, the potential shaking my head. He's having, he's having like anxiety around potential future conflict based on the lack of contact right now. Oh, um, so the and they, you know, they've so at first, uh, it, it was, a, it was really hard and there wasn't as much understanding as I had hoped. And, um, but now there's a lot more understanding mm. because of just, we have a better picture of what this is doing to people. And they've had some friends and family 
who have dealt with it. Mm. And so, um, we, yeah, so we have been, uh, keeping our distance because we need to maintain closeness with my mom and be able to have, you know, our childcare and, and have connection with her and, and she's kind of a homebody. So we're really her only, I was just going to say, you guys are her contact. We're her only family that live close Mm -hmm. by too. Her siblings are all spread out all over the country and she's not super close with, with her family. Um, and so, I mean, the real, real of that is that it's just been, it's been really hard and Mm -hmm. my son misses his cousin and his other grandparents, you know, and again, they've seen each other, but they haven't been able to like really like immerse and hug and everything. And so basically such a huggy person. That's hard. Yeah. So we, we mapped out a, a do over vacation because our last one was just mostly shit. Yeah. And <laughs> that's a story for another day. Um, just a lot of like extenuating stuff happening and it just was ended up being really stressful. You guys know how it goes to yeah. go on a trip sometimes, and have it be stressful. So yeah, sometimes you don't get to choose. Yeah. So we're replanning our vacation and I I talked Josh into tacking on an extra three or four days where we were going to go stay at a resort out in Redmond, Oregon. And that basically it made it so that the trip was eight days long. Mm. And I just kind of threw it out there and I said, Hey, you know, if we are able to quarantine for long enough, do you think we could, you know, kind of burst the bubble and go hang out with your family? Um, and he was pretty resistant at first because it just was like too good to be true kind of a thing. Yeah. And I was like, as soon as we're done with contact, we're going to be able to maintain that distance, you know, until yeah. the time is right. As far as like, we're in the clear with, you know, being exposure, exposure. And- exactly. And, and with my mom. And so, and she would get a bit of a break and be able to just focus on herself for a little while. Cause we've really been really relying on her a lot during the last six months or so. And so we got to, we got to burst the bubble and we've been spending a bunch of time with Josh's family. We've been hugging and the kids have been hugging. Uh I know it's been really (laughs) wonderful and it just feels, it feels there's a little anxiety around it because you're like, are we supposed to be doing this? And then, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is so sad to think of Mm -hmm. it that way. And then it also feels just so right to be able to have that you know, physical contact. And it's amazing how physical contact and emotional contact are really connected because I feel again, more emotionally connected to his family because we're able to be physically connected as well. Mm. So that's been, I mean, the kid, the kids have just been mobbing. I mean, they got this beautiful, super expensive, very safe, like the safest trampoline that exists on the planet kind of a thing. And it has <laughs> no, love trampolines. it has no springs. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it's fully, you know, one of those fully contained situations where you can like yep. bounce off the Necessary. walls and it won't. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. they really went to town on this and the timing mm-hmm. was just, I mean, they had that planned and then we were like, okay, we're going to burst the bubble. We're going to come spend, you know, four or five days with you guys and hang out. And he's gotten to spend the night and they had a sleepover. Oh. They used our movie screen to have an outdoor movie night. Oh my gosh. Oh. So many, so many beautiful things. So that's like been, joyful things. Oh my gosh. So joyful. And it's been a massive distraction. I've gotten very little work done, but I don't care. It's fine. Oh <laughs> gosh. That just makes my heart so happy. I'm like, I'm such a two. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I mean, that's, that's a, just... it's a bit, it's a big update for our family. And I think, yeah. 
you know, a lot of other families are going through this too. And maybe they get to mm-hmm. see relief like that, you know, momentarily and maybe they don't. And I just, my yeah. heart goes out to you guys. It's, we have, you know, we've, t- I've talked a lot about how things are easy for us because of, uh, I mean, I talked about this a little bit last week of how privileged we feel to have childcare and education for our child and, and all of that. But it is, uh, it's been difficult, you know, emotionally to be mm-hmm. away from Josh's family. Especially yeah, when I know how live, you like, guys saw them well, like, all, all the time. And they lived 10 yeah. minutes away from us. That's got to be so profoundly strange yeah. to like, but there be was, that close, they but not. can't because of jobs and people who live in that house. Like there's no way for us to, to minimize exposure. Um, yeah. Because some of the folks who live um, in, in their, in their home are um, working in a hospital. So mm. this is the way it is. So anyways, it's a, it's, it's a long time coming and we were, glad to have the relief it's going to be really hard to kind of close the bubble back up but I'm glad there's going to be kind of a vacation and a trip in between Mm -hmm. and I'll let you guys know how that goes hopefully this one doesn't flop (laughs) it better not you you guys deserve this goodness gracious oh my goodness and I'm gonna get like a solid few hours each day or more of work time like we're gonna stay one of the places we're staying has like a beautiful golf course and Josh is gonna take our son you know golfing and hang out with his cousin all this kind of stuff so they're gonna have a great time everything from here on out will be social distance but yeah yeah we're excited Ugh, what a what a welcome breath of fresh air though yeah I think it's hard it's oh nice to gosh. hear what other people are doing because yeah. I think some of us are just like what what's okay and obviously you don't need to yeah. determine what's okay for you based on what's okay for someone else but but it's nice to get ideas and yep. then you can formulate yep mm-hmm. and just hear you know you're not a, not alone in this weird pandemic no world (laughs) (laughs) what's up with you lady um school (laughs) and i think when this releases it'll be the second week of school but the first week is not really gonna be it's it's like a tuesday wednesday thursday situation um and I will be very annoyed if they expect like full day exposure like because right now our schedule is so strange it's um, I'm I'm very anxious going into it because right now it is um, we're going to public school, but it's online only. And I get why they did it this way, but um, essentially we're doing digital school full time, regular hours, eight to two thirty. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Excuse me. Excuse me. And I have a second grader and a fifth grader. And while my fifth grader could probably be much more um, self-sufficient, and I did experience that a little bit in the spring, so I kind of know what to expect for him as far as like, it's not much is changing for him except for the expectation of being glued to a computer for, you know, way too long. Oh, joy. Um, (laughs) um, What I'm concerned about is the fact that they both have different schedules that I don't have yet and school starts in like 10 days I don't have wow. their teacher I don't know what their school schedule is going to be I have a mock schedule of what it could be like and what it might look like but they're both going to have different schedules so one is going to be on a brain movement break is what they're calling it but it's recess whereas the other one is still probably going to be working how do you think that's going to go how come he gets to go to the bathroom? How come he gets to go have a snack? How come he gets to go bike ride his bike around the block? I'm like, I'm I'm preparing for the worst because honestly, I don't think I can handle it if I don't like at least decide what it could be like in my brain because mm. um, spring was just 
such a roller coaster. It was because we didn't have to fulfill the things that they gave us in the spring, but we were trying to create some some, some semblance of normalcy, expecting to go back to school. You know, even if we didn't in the school year, we expected maybe something in the fall. But that was, you know, obviously before we understood more. Um, And so it it was just such an emotional um, roller coaster. It was like every single day one of them was having an emotional meltdown and it was for different reasons. It's like. My, my, my youngest was, is just such a perfectionist about things that you can't be a perfectionist in. She's like drawing pictures digitally with her finger and it doesn't look right. And I'm like, well, that's because it's like, it's not going to look good when you're doing your finger and the tiny screen and the, uh, and, and if her voice recording wasn't perfect, she would redo it five times to send to her teacher and I'm just like, uh, I'm not prepared for um, how long tasks are going to take when they have a schedule to keep. I'm not prepared for dealing with a very different schedule. I'm trying to. We've converted. My, my mom is taking her piano online completely and deciding to invest in it. So she's like moving her piano studio um, to her desktop computer upstairs. So she, we're not, you know, she's not taking up a physical space um, with an upright piano and all of the piano music, like the library of music and the space that it takes for that is not going to be a thing anymore. And so she's like, you can do what you want with this space. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm making school. So that's what I've been doing. I've been preparing for school. We bought um, desks. My parents fortunately wanted to buy new computer desks, um, computer chairs. And so they're gifting their computer chairs to my kids. So they have these really nice computer chairs and they're thrilled that they spin and I'm like no can you imagine trying to keep a second grader and fifth grader from spinning I'm like rule number one you may turn you may not spin there's a difference like (laughs) it's like the little dumb things that I'm like godspeed to you yeah so I'm like (laughs) so I'm in I'm in the emotional throes of it right now because I have no idea how this is gonna go I am not thrilled at the mock schedule I I don't know how I'm going to be able to meet their emotional and physical needs during this time. And I'm so profoundly grateful that there's education, educational providers out there that are working so diligently and hard to create a program that makes sense for their educational needs. But it is impossible to also have the conversation about their emotional and physical needs at the same time. So that's falling in my lap and I don't know what to do. I'm like... I guess we're just going to ride that wave as we get there. So I'm kind of in this weird calm before the storm. So, and I think a lot of people are experiencing that too right now really? if they're not already in it. Yeah. So. I'm really glad to not have a school-aged child at this point. Holy Moses. Holy Moses. Yeah. I mean, and if they a were lot high of school, people, it would even be different. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I, a lot of people are dealing with the question too of like do I go homeschool like fully homeschool and self-paced and self like you know produce content and things like that or like a homeschool co-op or do I you know teach use what the school you know is is providing so and I feel so much um I want our public school system to work I believe in its um magic when it works I believe in the community that it creates. I I want public school to work. 
And I feel so much responsibility around um, not creating like a cancel culture around public school while Mm. it's going through a crisis. Because um, I very much am like, this would be so much easier if I was homeschooling. Really, truly, like if I had more control over how long we were doing our work, how, when we were doing it, like it'd be, it'd be a different story. Well, but I, I feel, I think the other piece of it too, is wanting the kids to feel connected still to their teachers yes. and their classes because, yes. and their classmates, frankly, mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, if, and when school starts back up, even if it's next year. There's, I mean, there's going to be a lack of connection there that exists yes. and you want those kids to feel some nourishment from being in some sort of like camaraderie or togetherness or going through the same things, you know? Yes. So yeah. It's, and it's so, just, it's not, there's no right or wrong decision there. Mm-hmm. It's such a difficult one to make and I'm really grateful yeah. that I'm not making it. Yeah. I'm grateful. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I really need it. Like I'm, I'm really scared grateful. for next year, but you know, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll deal with that as it comes. I think, you know, my mom's a retired preschool teacher. She can handle kindergarten too. So we're good. Oh gosh. I know. I like (laughs) truly, I did, I did a co-op preschool with Lucy for two years. I'm just, I'm more concerned about socialization than anything. Because, um, hello, the age of four and five is very important for socialization. Yes. Social cues, social and emotional intelligence, like for real. Yes. I know. And seven years old, which is second grade, does not feel that far away from me. I mean, Lucy just turned seven. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't have a great answer to that. It's not a happy what's up. It's a like, high anxiety. What's up? (laughs) Hello. but like a humanizing like i know y'all a lot of you are going through this or you know somebody who is so yeah hi hi it's me (laughs) 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 oh my goodness well should we dig into some questions yeah i got i got some good ones in here and these are these are aimed mostly at you if i'm these are for me yeah these are like Cassie questions. I'm so excited. So um, first and foremost, I would love to know, this is actually a great question that I want to know too, is what camera are you using to take your social email blog photos? Because they are gorgeous. Thank you. Gorgeous. I'm so proud to say this. I just use an iPhone. (laughs) I'm so proud to say this. So I mean, I, it's been a long journey for me to actually, I mean, you guys have heard me talk a little bit about all my blocks with blogging and getting content Mm -hmm. out there into the world and I just want to like, I see you if you struggle with it too. Um, And the overcomplication of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I am fully aware that using a DSLR camera and having a WordPress blog site is the gold standard of blogging. Um, But I'm also aware that if I have to build and maintain a WordPress site on my own, it's not happening. (laughs) And then I'm also my mind. (laughs) And then I'm also aware that if I had to take photos with a DSLR, I would need to either be self-taught, which a lot of people are, and that's fine, or mm-hmm. take some sort of course. And I don't want to, nor do I have time. And I, I feel like I've, I feel like we all have gotten pretty lucky with kind of the technology ramp up of the iPhone and being able to take really high quality, high resolution For photos. Real. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But some of my photos, I mean, I literally, the way I decided if I was going to, you guys will laugh, the way I decided if I was <laughs> going to use my iPhone for my blog platform as my photography, you know, as my camera, I took some photos of some recipes 
or a recipe, many, many photos, all sorts of different angles using portrait mode. So I use my iPhone and I use portrait mode. And prior to Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. um, summer, I actually was using my iPhone 7 Plus, which had portrait mode. And now I'm using my iPhone um, 11 Pro, which has Mm. portrait mode on both sides. So you can also take a selfie with portrait mode, which is really cool. Oh, that's helpful. And that allows you if you are taking some like, you know, photos of yourself or maybe like you want to be able to look at the camera and you're taking a picture of like you're chopping something, you know, kind of more like lifestyle photos and things for your blog. Like you can you have a little bit more control over what it looks like because you can see what's happening on the screen. Um, And I use a clicker. You can get any most like camera tripods that you buy. Um, just like inexpensive, you know, I have a $25 camera tripod from, I think it, I, I'd have to look at it. Um, I don't remember the brand, but I can link in the show notes for you guys. I'll link my whole setup actually for you guys. But yeah, that was actually another question is, yeah, is what is yeah, your, what is I your also, setup? Forthcoming too, I just recorded like a four or five minute video. That's really, I mean, it's just a janky video that I took that showed my whole setup. So, oh, cool. um, I will you know, post that to IGTV here soon and, and share that with you guys as well. So be, be on the lookout for that. And if I already have posted it, I'll link it in the show notes for you. But basically I took, I took photos with my seven plus, a, you know, a year or two ago and my brother uses like, he's like a super tech geek. <laughs> and so mm. he looks at websites on his TV. So he like, oh. his computer Hello. is connected to his, uh, his TV as his monitor. Cause he's also Sounds a gamer. Dreamy. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I went to his, their house and I was like, okay, I need you to look at my website right now. Tell me what you think of this picture. And I mean, super just like blown out and huge. The quality was great. And you're like, yes. I was like, we're <laughs> doing it. So like a few, a few food photography tips for you guys. You guys, natural light is so important. <laughs> Mm, natural mm-hmm. light is so important we have french doors right in front like that come into the kitchen we have a very small space but it's a very well lit natural it light is. space i love that so much about your yep. space <laughs> i do too trust me it's very important for my mental health and my job um <laughs> and so what i do is i take photos against a window and a couple of things you can light. do yeah in not direct light so yeah. yeah, indirect light, not indirect light, indirect light. In, in <laughs> one word, <laughs> one right? word. <laughs> I was like, that sounds hilarious. So, in indirect light, I take the photos, and if the light is kind of streaming in, sometimes you can get a really nice looking photo when you've got some great shadows and you're kind of playing mm-hmm. with it. And sometimes mm-hmm. it just doesn't really work for what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So if you if it doesn't really work for what you're trying to do, and you have some direct light coming in through the your window. I would put a diffuser. I have an extremely cheap cloth diffuser that just has um, like a has structure around the edge that's pretty big that you can actually coil into like a little like a cylinder or um, oh, a disc or nice. something basically. But it mm-hmm. has there's also a reflector. So you there's a cover on it that zips and it has a black side and then it also has a silver side. So you can have a little reflector mm, if you want. That's really handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just I face whatever I'm photographing so that the light, the indirect light is coming in. You also can filter this through like a sheer curtain too. So for example, yep. if you're doing this through a window and you already have like some nice sheer curtains on there, as long as they're sheer enough, you can totally just use a sheer curtain. We just don't have a lot of curtains up in our house. I'm not really a curtain mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the natural light. <laughs> so 
Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so that's what I do. And I use my iPhone 11 Pro now again because it has that flipped um you know photography mode which is great mm-hmm. and so that's what i've been using for all my social posts for email for blog photos i also use a little mm-hmm. bit of stock photography you guys so like some of the stuff mm-hmm. you see for the podcast some of the stuff you see for um every once in a while an instagram post is pretty rare that i use uh, a stock photo for an instagram post but i use um wellness stock shop so i can link that mm. in the show notes for everybody but basically, I mean, that's kind of the deal. And it's not overly fancy. I mean, I just put your phone on a tripod. Stop holding your phone. Do not yeah, do it. Yeah, for real. I'll do swear. not hold your phone. It's not going to help you. Use mm-hmm. a tripod. Get used to using a tripod. If you can, use a clicker too so that you can adjust. And I think my best advice as far as like the whole setup is, because the next question is like, what do you use for your food photography setup? So there's like yep. the whole, I can link it all for you guys, but You know, like the most important thing is that you've got natural light, you've got a good camera, whatever that looks like for you. I use my iPhone Um, and I invested in a nicer iPhone to take better food photos. Like that was, Mm -hmm. I was like, am am I going to invest in a DSLR? I'm going to invest in a technology that's very easy for me to use. Yeah. Multifunctional. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I use backgrounds and base food photography um, bases from... um, what is it called? Replica Surfaces is the company that I purchased them from. And I really like them because they, you can change them out. So you can do like a different base with a different background. Um, And I keep it really simple. You guys, I only have like two bases. One's like a concrete look and one is a marble look. Um, I highly recommend going faux if you're going the direction of marble because real marble is actually really glossy and you get some feedback from the camera when you take photos on real marble. Yeah. Um, and not that I have a bunch of marble in my kitchen. I don't. I have a bunch of black. <laughs> um, and then the other thing to think about with those is, you know, like how big of a surface you're going to need it for. If you're trying to do a lot of flat lays, you might actually need a bigger surface than what Replica has. So I just, I'll put that out there because sometimes I'm going to do a flat lay and I'm like, F, this is not big enough. <laughs> yeah, um, and for the length. Um, and then as you're taking photos, make sure you're thinking about like, what size of a picture you're going to use in Instagram, you know, like yeah. for stories, you need shape. verticals for your yep. blog. You need horizontal and vertical for, um, for Instagram, you need a one by one, a square for the most part. So I think there's things to think about there as far as composition. Like when you go to take the photo, please, dear God, it's like- do not, <laughs> do not zoom. Don't zoom in on your camera. Adjust where your camera is. Do not zoom in on your camera. Oh, interesting. I've never thought about that being a problem. Crop it. Crop it later. Crop it later. Do not. Do not use this. It's it's a bad idea. If you have a DSLR, great. Zoom all you want. (laughs) Well, even then, like I I did product photography for Amazon products for a little while. Um, A lot of it had to do with just friends that were doing it asked me to do it. And it is a pain if you don't have enough white space around your object, which is part of the reason why I could see the wisdom in saying that of like, do not zoom is my, in my mind as an editor, I was like, I want all the room possible. So no, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, this is not actually going to look that good when I take the picture, but when I crop it or move into where I want it to be, I get more playroom. It's not as like, yes, you know, it's way better. And flip your phone to horizontal. Like don't just take photos in the natural like phone position, like flip it and take horizontal photos so that you can see what that lens looks like. And the bokeh will be different. Bokeh is like 
the blur between the front and the back space. So when you're able to focus on the front and then be able to blur out the back, that's what portrait mode does. That's why we all love portrait mode. Mm. I always wondered, I didn't actually, I don't actually know what portrait mode is. I mean, I know what it does. I just didn't, I don't know enough. <laughs> She's about stuck it. in Android world and we can't, I can't, yeah. even, I can't even with you on that. I just can't, I don't want to talk about it. Skyler's kind of in the same way because we're a split household <laughs> yep. and I'm like I was just I'm used to it now it's my thing I'm gonna stay here. yep <laughs> and then the one thing I have added to my setup that's a little I, I mean it's not even that pricey if we're talking about like camera equipment and you know investing in stuff to blog is actually a boom light stand that will allow mm. me to do a flat lay really really easily and a flat layer are those like beautiful styled photos that we all look at that are basically an aerial shot of what you're yeah. what you're looking at it's very common in food blogging very common in lifestyle photography as well and um literally boom stand <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. i mean it it has been amazing and it's huge but it packs up real small and mm-hmm. since i'm only using my iphone on it i did have to get an extension so i had to buy like a, an insert for the end of the pole to put mm. in like an iPhone holder. But mm. I put it, I got one that's on a ball mount so I can rotate in whatever direction I want to and make sure that the shot is level. Oh, cool. Um, rather than it being like just straight on. Because when you're really going helpful. over the top, when you're in an aerial shot, you have to have it be like just right. I mean, mm-hmm. otherwise it looks funky. <laughs> yes. I will do a lot of aerial shots and I'll look at them and be like, no, 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 no. Okay. That one's fine. Okay, good. We got one. We got one good one. <laughs> um, because, and especially when you have a lot of circular things underneath, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's the way the camera views it. Um, oh, and glassware, like stuff that gets vertical on you. If you're trying to take a picture of something that gets vertical, has height, oh. then you have your, where you're placing it under the camera matters. Like toward the middle oh is really important. Otherwise it gets kind of distorted. So anyways, perspective. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot. So I will make sure I'll list my full setup for you guys in the show notes. So it's easy. You can kind of just go through the list, but my biggest like tips again, not totally natural light, get a fun surface that you like, invest in some fun surfaces, use photography surfaces. You can make your own too. A lot of people, you know, go, go Pinterest and and look at like some DIY food photography surfaces. That's what I started with. I wish I had just purchased them and not ever, Mm. It ended up being more work. They're really heavy. And the ones that I bought are like ultra light. I mean, mm. ultra light. And they still look, I mean, beautiful. Um, and keep nice. things really simple. Try to have like a kind of general aesthetic that you go to for for all your photos. Don't feel like you need to have 8,000 garnishes and things. <laughs> like, I know. That's some people that's really go nuts part. on the garnish. It's just not my style yeah. to do that. Yeah, I, I love like the to, simplicity. I like, like it to your, be simple. Your photos make it look like the food is like real. Because it is. Right. By the way, but, I will add, I have, <laughs> by the time this episode airs, you guys will see three different versions of Eggs Benedict on the site. And they are ooh. so delicious. I love I mean, Eggs Benedict. Let's oh talk about how to make some real hollandaise for a minute because you need mm. it in your life. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it is very hard to photograph real hollandaise without like I mean you probably could go pick up some like tricks of the trade you know there are different Mm -hmm. ways to like keep textures looking really nice people like to spray glycerin over the top of things um, like vegetable glycerin so that's a a trick that I've heard to keep things looking like moist and shiny um I personally I just I'm not that high tech (laughs) try to keep things pretty simple and I want to eat the food after I photograph it (laughs) For real. Which, right? I mean, vegetable glycerin you can eat, but it's it's just a, yeah. Anyways, it was very hard to photograph all the hollandaise because it gets kind of like 
glossy and like hard. it kind of sets after a while yeah and you're like this and you're like am same. i photographing like creme brulee or am i photographing like <laughs> is it custard or is it you know a sauce so it is. anyways yeah I know. I, that's Sauces. that was the a long answer to a short question but what i want to say is like keep it so super simple if you can get a great look with your phone if you do the work on your setup you don't have to have the best camera in the world and that's kind of what I did I was like I have great natural light you have you know a good background you have something that will hold your camera steady that you don't have to be holding your phone or making sure that you're close enough to the shot um, and I use the little clicker that comes with my tripod so that I can have my hand in a photo if I want to without mm. worrying about it. And I will look at kind of the placement and kind of move things around and go back and forth. Um, and if you if you have the iPhone 11 Pro or there's probably other versions of the iPhone where it has that front facing portrait mode. If you're using that, then you're actually able to see while you're kind of trying to get the shot what your hand looks like in the photo or whatever while you use the little photo clicker. I don't know mm. what those are called. There's a fancy name for them. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little clicker thingy. Yeah. And then, you know, make the, if you're doing food photography, like you're going to need something for flat lays. That's the investment that I made this year. And it was like a hundred dollars and it was well oh, worth it. I mean, bad. my that's phone was, I spent on my lighting. yeah, my phone was a lot more. Um, and I started out with the thought of using like an artificial light or a light box. I just don't like it. I don't like how the photos turn it's out a totally for me. Different vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's different. I mean, if you're doing video, you will need a ring light or you will need a softbox light for sure. But f- as far as, I mean, doing something where I can, you know, strategically place it right on the window, that's what I'm going to mm-hmm. do. And we just yeah. made, we made a, um, a kitchen Island that has, it's on wheels. It's like a butcher block Island basically, and put it on casters so that I could move it around our small kitchen and it's so genius yeah honestly. and butt it up against the the window um on the doors actually and if actually you... that leads me to my next question <laughs> it really does very nicely because like that island the few times i've like spent in your kitchen i'm like this thing is genius for this space you've probably also like, seen it in like four different places when you've come over too yes but that's what makes it so genius is it's just gosh it's so yeah usable so you had a question that says can you share a bit about your journey to tiny space slash small house living oh my gosh so a lot of people ask us if we live in a tiny house we actually don't technically live in a tiny house i mean a tiny Mm -hmm. house person would like laugh at us they're like oh yeah you have double the size of our house but we live in (laughs) we live in 700 square feet it's a one bedroom it's like a little like bungalow cottage kind of thing on a big piece of property that we don't own we're renting it and it's the most beautiful rental you could ever imagine Mm. Mm -mm. um oh good but I mean it's been an interesting journey for us I actually I mean I grew up in a very small house like I think maybe 1100 square feet um very close quarters with the rest of my family. I was a three bedroom house. So every room was really small. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when you could do a three bedroom house at 1100 square feet like that, you're having some small main living spaces. It was pretty cramped. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, you know, like we have just a moment. I grew up with nothing. Like we mm-hmm. had a roof over our head. We had a safe place to live. We had loving parents. So we're very lucky in those ways. But we didn't grow up with a lot when it comes to material things. And mm-hmm. our house, I mean, 
has been falling apart. My mom still lives there. Like there's a reason why one of my big goals is for her to live with me <laughs> and mm-hmm. for us to, to be able to purchase a home that's, that's big enough for that to be able to happen. And I, so I, growing up in such a small space, I was like, I always, you know, Enneagram eight style. I'm like, ideas of grandeur you know I'm like intensity I'm like I'm gonna own a huge house like a giant farmhouse mansion you know and, yeah. and all that animals, was like all the things oh my gosh and when I mean we our first place we lived in an apartment when we got married we were 19 you know we were babies we lived in some we called it the crap apartment it was a crappy apartment <laughs> <laughs> and we lived there for three years and you know what? It was actually a step up for me as far as like cleanliness and and a little bit more of a clean slate, not 70s tile and carpet on the floor. Like, I mean, it was a it was a, you know, a nice neutral space for me. A neutral space. Yeah. And I actually I felt like it was a step up, but it was like, you know, it was kind of a shitty apartment complex. It was kind of a shitty neighborhood. But, you know, it's fine. We we're just we we're doing college. We we're doing early marriage. Yeah, and then the when we moved to Colorado, we also lived in a shitty like family housing at Colorado State University when I went there, and then we ended up being able to move into this freaking mansion, <laughs> like <laughs> a mansion. Really, you've never told me this. It, I mean, it was to us anyway, but it was yeah. basically a six bedroom, four bath house Holy that my crap. my professor owned. And we had a roommate and basically they were like, can we pay, can you pay to house it kind of a thing? Like we'll give you reduced rent. You can house at our house while they were off in Sweden for a couple of years while he was on a contract out there. Wow. And so we were like, uh, yeah. So we had a roommate and she lived in the basement (laughs) and we lived up top. And I mean, there was a, the kitchen area was, is bigger than the house we live in now wow two two living rooms a den of entire living area upstairs so like we were able to have like our roommate lived downstairs in the basement which was like a full living area almost had a kitchen had like kind of a sink and a setup everywhere down there and then we lived in the upstairs and then the, the only kind of common space was like the den the living room and the kitchen and the dining and there were two dining areas too by the way i was two like fully den- furnished yeah it was no I mean it kind of started out partially furnished and then we actually had to it looked it looked like a college house where like a bunch of kids <laughs> live there together and they have no furniture like that's kind of like <laughs> but it's okay it didn't matter but anyways yeah. long story short my point in all of that is that we you know we had this huge space and it was so much fucking work to keep it clean I hate Girl. it there was mm-hmm. dust everywhere we lived in Colorado it's dry like there's dust everywhere and I was like I hate this i feel like i live in dust bowl because Mm -hmm. guess what i hate doing more than dishes it's dusting (laughs) i don't i mean like (laughs) one of my favorite things about having a house cleaner is that she wipes off all of the surfaces in our house and i don't have to you know so anyways so you learned real quick that that space yeah and then we kind of we kind of slowly you know move to smaller and smaller spaces over time until we got to where we're at now And we've continually had to kind of, we've not had some huge downsizing. We've had some like, you know, pretty kind of gradual downsizing over the years. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I, it wasn't until we had lived here for a couple of years that I realized how much I love living in a small space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think you have to really make the space work for you. Like that's the most important thing is actually like designing the inside of your space 
uh, for you and how you live your life. Like mm-hmm. the most important thing is us for have to, for us to have updated things in the kitchen because I do a lot of my work in that space. I mean, mm-hmm. we replaced the countertops in this in a rental. Like we talked to our you know landlord, we paid for it. We were like, hey, we didn't ask for a reduction on rent because our rent is already like really inexpensive. And, you know, we got to a place with it where I was just like, I want to amplify the look of this space for myself, for my own photos, for what I'm trying to do in the kitchen. And it was important to me. And so we we invested in that space because we knew we we're going to live here for a few years. And we were just like, well, we'll bequeath this to the owners and they'll love it, you know? <laughs> yeah. But a lot, I mean, I'm not really answering <laughs> a lot of that question. And we can no, talk about no, it, it was more. your journey. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can talk about more in a future episode. I actually really want to bring a couple. I have a couple of women that I that I do life and business with that are um, actually do live in like a tiny house. And I think that would be a really interesting conversation. But basically, yeah. I mean, I am learning how much I value quality over quantity, period. Mm-hmm. I am realizing how much I value time over, you know, like stuff <laughs> and mm-hmm. the experience within the house. And, you know, when we first moved here, it was a bit of a necessity financially for us to minimize our expenses so that we could pay off debt and live Mm -hmm. in a smaller space. And now it's something we're actively choosing to continue Mm -hmm. with because we love where we're at. It's absolutely beautiful. And we like the small space. And you end up, I mean, ideally, if you do have a small space, you have like a pretty decent outdoor space. We have Mm -hmm. a pretty big porch for how small the house is. And it's kind of an extension of our house. And we spend yep. a lot of time out there. Yep. So it's just one of those things that, I mean, it's it's evolved and not something we actively like made a decision to be like tiny house people. <laughs> you didn't hold um, an estate sale and sell everything you own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've never had an estate. Let's be real. We got married when we were 19. <laughs> we've never been like really in the money, <laughs> maybe until recently. For real. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's it's been an interesting journey. And it, like I said, it's not one that I would have chose. It's, I, I thought, you know, grandeur was going to be the goal, but mm-hmm. it, it really was, um, you know, just finding this place of simplicity and the less clutter for me, the less stuff, um, the less angst, like angst and anxiety that I feel, mm. um, clean decluttered spaces are very important to me living in a small space. Everything has to have a place for me to have Pur- my sanity purpose in a place. Mm-hmm. Yes. It goes in a drawer. It goes in a cabinet. It goes away. It goes in a bin. Away. It goes. <laughs> I the first time our house cleaner ever came to clean our house, I you know we had kind of crossed paths a little bit more because when your house cleaner is first coming, you're kind of getting to know them a little bit and kind of building that trust and stuff. Now I just like I'm like yeah, come whenever, come while we're on vacation. I don't care. Like, <laughs> but yeah, those initial days like you kind of you have more conversations around it. And so when she came, she was like you told me you have a dog and a kid, right? She's like, if there wasn't a kid's bed in your room, I would not know that you had a kid and I cleaned your house. (laughs) And I was like, exactly. (laughs) I know, right? Mm -hmm. And it's because all of his toys are in bins that go underneath the couch. Go away. So yeah, I bought like a bunch of bins from Ikea and they just, they slide. I mean, they don't even have wheels. They just slide under the couch. We use our under the bed storage a lot, but it's still, everything has like its place. Everything has a little bin. And let's be real. Our closet is a mess most of the time. We have one closet in our house. Decent closet size though. It's pretty big. Yeah. I wish, I wish it wasn't all closet. I wish it was hallway (laughs) or or living room (laughs) and not hallway. Anyways, but I, you know, 
grand scheme of things, like I have really loved the experience. It's helped me really connect a little bit more with simplicity, which I really enjoy. And it makes me, again, have to think about quality over quantity in all areas of my life, in mm-hmm. in kitchen appliances and utensils, in clothing, in bathroom products, in all of those things. And so I make a lot more choices around what I need to be having in my house versus kind of what I want and figure mm-hmm. out is the need and the want in alignment. And that's I know, and I have like... I have like an opposite issue. It's like I just I have so much space and um, a lot of people here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've I live in 3000 square feet. It's a five bedroom and there are six of us in this mm-hmm. house. And um, it's just it's a lot. And I've realized that I go like I'm I was just telling my husband this morning. I was like, so I want to make a run to the garbage dump because I am in I have been in purge mode for like probably two weeks and I've, I've lovingly um, called it rage cleaning um, because it's like even my mom was like, so I walked by your bathroom and I was like, whoa, is she okay? Because like I took everything out She knows of you clean when you're mad. Well, she <laughs> a little bit like when it's like my form of control when I don't have any. Um, and so and it wasn't that it wasn't clean before. It's just that we started like like truly I had to accumulate stuff to be able to do my hair in COVID and I had no place to put it. So I had to purge to be able to make room for new places and new things. So it's like I, I lovingly call it rage cleaning. <laughs> we purge regularly. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Like. Well, not we. I purge regularly. <laughs> Josh doesn't know what's happening and it just happens. All right. That's like, I feel like we could ask you a million more questions. I know that there's more we didn't get to. So um, I'm so thankful that we have this opportunity to like do Q&As because I just learned so much about you. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us, you guys. We're, we're grateful to be here and we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.